0: seven text of andrew's message this morning is pursue mercy not religion so keep that in your mind as you're hearing these words and uh we thank the lord for his word to us hey he shows many examples of loving just like scott was saying on the video and this is one of them come let us return to the lord for he has torn us that he may heal us he has struck us down and he will bind us up after two days he will revive us on the third day he will raise us up that we may live before him let us know let us press on to know the lord he's going out as sure as the dawn he will come to us as the showers as the spring rains that water the earth What shall I do with you, O Ephraim? What shall I do with you, O Judah? Your love is like a morning cloud, like the dew that goes early away. Therefore, I have hewn them by the prophets, I have slain them by the words of my mouth, and my judgment goes forth as the light. For I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice. The knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings but they like adam they transgressed the covenant there they dealt faithlessly with me and there's a new testament reading matthew chapter 9 9 to 13. i'm just going to check this yes Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. yeah i'd just like to invite up now andrew wheeler so um yeah andrew wheeler is a guest preacher for us today and um, we're privileged to have him come and bring the word so andrew comes uh, from casey uh
1: church so um yeah
0: look forward to hearing god speak to you today thanks
1: thank you michael and thank you everyone it's a joy to be here with you um we know uh, many of you and and it's great to be able to worship with you this morning um, let us pray uh, before we hear from the lord's word father we thank you that we can gather together this morning in your name to worship you lord we thank you for your word and we pray that as we meditate upon it this morning that your holy spirit would minister to the hearts and minds of each one of us that you would teach us that we would come to know you better and to love you more that the name of your son would be lifted up and that you would be glorified through all we say and do this morning we pray in jesus name and for his sake amen And if you keep the Matthew passage open, that's the one that we'll be looking at this morning. We've been looking through Matthew in in our church over the last 12 months or so. And uh, this was a passage that I wanted to share with you this morning. But it is Mother's Day. Have you ever had a lousy Mother's Day present? You know, something really bad, it might be something that your kids made for you at school. Perhaps something from the minerally, of course, not specifically, I'm sure what Laurie got from our kids. I think that succulent plant is just what she wanted. (laughs) Um, And of course, I've done very well this year um, with Laurie's Mother's Day present from our kids because she took the kids shopping and picked out something, presumably something she wanted. And uh, not as good as I did last year. Last year, she even wrote herself the card. (laughs) Now, that didn't happen this year, so when I get home, I've got to help the kids write a card. Um, Wasn't in the pack this morning, but you live, you learn. But anyway, what's Matthew got to do with Mother's Day? You know, this passage in Matthew chapter 9. It may not be immediately apparent, but when you understand the culture of the time and you read commentaries about Matthew, it's, it's generally the consensus that Matthew had a mother. Matthew probably had a mother, and that's a bit of a tenuous connection, uh, you might rightly say. So this this message today is not a Mother's Day sermon as such, but it is Mother's Day, and so there's a Mother's Day flavour to it, and many of the illustrations that I'll be using as we look through this passage will relate to uh, Mother's Day. And what we do see in this passage is that there is a gift that's greater than any Mother's Day gift, A gift better than anything that we can give and anything that we might receive. And that is the gift that we'll be considering from this passage today. But we start in verse 9. And if I could please have verse 9. I was told that we can get this up really quickly. This is the test. (laughs) Verse 9 of Matthew chapter 9. Thank you. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And what we see is that Jesus calls Matthew a sinner. He calls Matthew who is a sinner. He is a tax collector. He's sitting at the tax booth. You know, he, he, the tax collectors in those days were the most sinful people. You know, They were the scum of the earth. I mean, they're bad enough today. I was being hassled by the tax office in the past week because I missed one of my quarterly payments. You know, nasty people. But back then they were even worse. You know, they would, they would steal from the people. Matthew, as a tax collector, could set the taxes. You know, he could decide what he wanted to take from the people. He could profit off his position and take advantage. You know, he was the sinner of all sinners. You know, before the Apostle Paul took the title, he was the chief of sinners. And, and, and Jesus calls Matthew, who is a sinner. And it's interesting because this is Matthew writing about Matthew. And it's interesting that he puts his conversion story, he puts his calling in this part of chapter 9 because the passage immediately before it is the passage that we're familiar with of the paralytic that Jesus heals. And he, he not only heals the paralytic, but he forgives his sin. And he says, son, your sins are forgiven, and he heals him to show that the Son of Man has power to forgive sins. And so the question that people would have been asking is, well, how far... Does that forgiveness extend? And Jesus forgave his sins. And so Matthew puts his own call in his own conversion story here, I think to answer that question to say the chief of sinners could receive forgiveness from the Lord. That it extends to anybody. And we are all, we are all sinners. You know, it's Mother's Day today and if if you're a mother then by definition you have sinful the human heart is. You know, we understand this doctrine of original sin, that's the understanding that we're, we're born sinners. And uh, Vodi Borkum, who's a, a, an American pastor, says that the only people that don't believe that, the only people that don't believe that we're born sinners are people that don't have children. You know, because we see in our children from the moment they're born that they have for, the, for themselves and not for the things of God. And perhaps as we get older, we mask that, we hide that a bit better. But we see that sin starts from the moment we are born, we all have a sinful nature. We're all sinners. You know, perhaps we're not as bad as, as Matthew. Perhaps we're not, our sin is not as public as his was. Perhaps we've got away with more than he did. But Jesus calls Matthew, who is a sinner. And friends, don't, don't reject someone because of their sin. You know, don't write someone off from the gospel because of their sin. You know, Jesus came to Matthew, he called him a sinner, and, and we too can see an opportunity for salvation. You know, the bigger the sin, the greater the need for salvation. And so may we, like Jesus, when we see a great sinner, see a great need for salvation. Jesus called Matthew, who was a sinner. And what's interesting is that he calls him from where he was. Have a look. Again, in verse 9, it says, From there he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth. He was in the tax booth. That's that's where he did his sin. That's where he collected the money. That's where he stole and took advantage. It's interesting that Jesus didn't go into the synagogue and wait for Matthew to come and apply to be a disciple. He went to where Matthew was. He went to the tax booth because that's where he was. And friends, we, we need to go to where people are. You know, Matthew and other sinners might not come to church. They might not seek the Lord and yet they still have a need for salvation. Jesus went to him because that's where he was. I got a text from my mum about a month ago and said, these are the details for Mother's Day lunch. It's 12.30, it's at this place. You know, Oma's going to be there, aunties, uncles, cousins, brothers, sisters-in-law. And if you want to be a part of it, if you want to come to the Mother's Day lunch, this is where it is and this is the time. You know, if we want to go to the Mother's Day lunch, we have to go there because that's where it is, whether we want to or not. You know, they're not going to come to us. We have to go there to be a part of it. And it's like that, friends, with, with this. You know, people who are sinners are not going to come necessarily to church. You know, we shouldn't sit around and wait for them to ask the question or wait for them to seek. You know, like Jesus, beloved, we ought to bring Jesus to people where they are. that we meet them in the tax booth, we meet them in the world, we meet them in their lives and where they're at because that's where their need is, that we can bring Jesus to them. We can bring Jesus to them, that we can make opportunities to share Christ with them where they are, that they can see that despite being in the tax booth, that they have a need for a saviour and that his grace is sufficient for them that we can share the good news of the gospel, we can bring Jesus to them, we can invite them to church to come and hear, we can give them the Bible that they can encounter the Lord Jesus on the pages of his word. Let us not wait for them to come, but may we bring Jesus to them. Jesus found Matthew where he was and and Matthew then goes and invites others to meet Jesus. Matthew goes and invites others to meet Jesus have a look at the, uh, the second half. So verse 10, it says, And as Jesus reclined at the table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. Many tax collectors and sinners came. Now again, this is Matthew writing about Matthew and he's been quite humble. He says it quite matter-of-factly. You know, um, As Jesus reclined at the table, well, how did he get there? At the house, well, whose house? Many people came, well, how did they come? Who invited them? Well, Luke and Mark tell us. Luke and Mark tell us that it was Matthew's house, that Matthew put on this great banquet, an amazing feast. I mean, he was a wealthy man, and he threw this great party, and and he invited his associates to come and meet Jesus. He knew other sinners that needed to meet Jesus, and so he put on this big party and invited everybody there. Now, many came, and they might not have come because they wanted to meet Jesus. They might not have come because they were interested in finding out about the gospel. They might have come because they enjoyed Matthew's company, perhaps. Perhaps they enjoyed the food. They knew that he would put on a good banquet, so they came. But friends, the point is they came. That because of Matthew's desire for his friends and associates to come and meet the Lord Jesus, he threw this banquet and he invited people in. They came, and because they came, they met the Lord Jesus. You know, they might have come, like, like Jesus says in John 6, when he feeds the multitudes and he gets a following, and he tells them, you know, you're only following me because you ate the bread and were filled. You know, maybe they came for the same reason, but, but, friends, Matthew's desire was that the people he knew that needed Jesus would come. And so, friends, we too can invite people it's Mother's Day, and when we think about our mums and our grandparents, often we think of people who are great in hospitality. You know, our mums and our grandparents love to be hospitable. Laurie's grandparents, you know, any, any big function, Mother's Day, Christmas, there's always people there that have come from nowhere, random people that turn up, people that had nowhere else to go, and yet they've been brought along because the family know that at, at Ma and Pa's house they're welcome. They mightn't have had anywhere else to go, where they'd fit in, where they'd be welcomed, and they're there. Um, My oma, you know, I like to test her. When I visit her, I don't tell her I'm coming, because I want to see if she's ready. And and every time I come, you know, sure enough, she's got some biscuits and things that she's made. She's ready. If someone comes, there's always biscuits, you know, bow to cook or whatever, and uh, and and a a, a cup of coffee, not far away. You know, our our parents and grandparents are great. demonstrators of hospitality and and Matthew was as well and friends we can be too we can be hospitable like Matthew we can be hospitable so that our homes are open our lives are open that people may come in and they may see Jesus it might be our friendship with them that draws them in it might be the food that we cook it might be our our interest in soccer or our interest in other hobbies that gets them in but uh, um, friends may our lives be open that people may come and see the Lord Jesus. We all know, like Matthew, many sinners that, like us, need the Lord Jesus. So Matthew invited them, and he did that because he knew that sinners need Jesus. It's sinners who need Jesus. Have a look at the next, if we could have the next two verses, please. 11 and 12, thank you. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, well, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. And you know, the Pharisees asked, well, why, why does your teacher eat with these people, these sinful people? And, and Jesus says, well, you know, it's like the sick. You know, there's an irony here because the Pharisees understood that the disciples were students. You know, The word disciple in the Greek, and I'm certainly not an expert in Greek, but the word for disciple is the word for a learner or a student. And the Pharisees knew that these disciples were learning from Jesus. And he, they even described him as their teacher. You know, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? These are the Pharisees. They thought they were the teachers of Israel. They were the guardians of the law. And yet go and learn. Go and learn. And that word's related to the word disciple. Go and learn. You know, these teachers of the law, Jesus is saying, you don't understand the law of God at all. You need to go and learn. You need to go and learn what it means in, from Hosea, that passage that Inica read for us, that I desire mercy and not sacrifice. It's with the tax collectors and sinners because they're the ones that need him. You know, just like the sick need a doctor. It's the sinners that need a saviour. You know, it's, um, Jesus demonstrated this. You know, people came to him. If you study Matthew's gospel, many people came needing healing, and and he healed many people. But the physical healings for Jesus' healings pointed to a greater need. You know, like the paralytic that he said, "Son, your sins are forgiven." And the healings that Jesus did demonstrated the truth of the message that he spoke. He's proclaiming the truth, the good news of the gospel, of the kingdom of God. And he does these miraculous signs and wonders to show that what he says is true. It's also to show a taste of the fullness of the kingdom. That this is good news, that not only has Jesus come to take away the penalty for our sin, but the effect of our sin. That in the fullness of the kingdom, at the end of the age, there will be no more suffering. There will be no more sickness. And in Christ's kingdom, we enjoy all that that has. But Christ has a greater need. Son, your sins are forgiven. And it's the sick that need that, not those days as I said, and um, you know, growing up, when we were sick, Mum would, would give us medicine. And there were two types that I remember. One was a, a little pink bottle of antibiotics, and we loved that one. That one was really good. Yeah, we, we looked forward to getting that one. And if my brother was sick and he had it, you know, I'd pretend to be sick so I could get some. And I'm sure mum would have said to us, you know, no, that's not for you, you're not sick, you don't need that one. Uh, but there was another one, a little white tablet uh, called prednisolone, And that's horrible. Uh, that's awful, that one. And so if we needed that one, mum would... You know, she'd put it in honey and she'd do all sorts of things to give us that one. And we we didn't want it. And I'm I'm sure Mum would have said to us, you know, you, you're sick and you need this medicine. And if you take this medicine, that's going to help you to get better. And and so it is, friends, with with Jesus, when we understand our sickness, that we are all sinners, that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, we understand that we need medicine. And it's in Christ that we find salvation, forgiveness of sins. It's the sick who need a doctor. So friends, if, you, if you're a sinner, what you need is a saviour. You know, and we'll go on and we'll see in a moment that what we don't need is just religion, a sacrifice, you know, a legalistic righteousness. That's not what we need. What we need is mercy. We need forgiveness. We need a saviour. And if we're, like Matthew, if we're sharing Jesus with our friends, with our sinful acquaintances, it's helpful for us to remember that what they need, primarily what they need, is not a life of health and wealth and happiness. They don't need a life of religion or of rules and of legalistic righteousness. They don't need sacrifice, but they need a saviour. They need the mercy of God shown through Jesus Christ. So friends, may we, As sinful people look to the Saviour, and as we share Christ, that we share Him as the Saviour. And, friends, because Jesus comes for sinners, may we pursue mercy and not just religion. Pursue mercy and not just religion. Have a look in verse 13. It says, Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy not sacrifice. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. You see, the Pharisees had it wrong. They had a legal system, a religion that was very legalistic and a a righteousness that came from themselves. But there was no hope. There was no grace, there was no mercy. It was a complete misunderstanding of the gospel of God. in, In response to who God is and what he does for us, yes, we respond with sacrifice, we respond with worship, We respond with a life lived for him. But that is not in and of itself what makes us right with God. God desires mercy and not sacrifice. That our lives ought to be lives that overflow with the mercy of God. It's only when we receive his mercy that we are part of his kingdom. He doesn't call us because we're good enough or because we deserve it. That's not why he went to Matthew. He calls us because of his mercy, because of his loving kindness and his grace towards us i desire mercy and not sacrifice you know a mother's day present the typical go-to mother's day present at least in in our home in my brother's home for our mum is perfume Has anybody got anybody get perfume for mother's day that's our go-to and, and again it's not my doing one of my brothers organize that every year and i i give him some money which reminds me i owe my brother some money but my mum likes perfume, and it's not because she smells bad, necessarily, but she, she likes to put the perfume on and, and smell nice. And you know, Some people, you can smell them a mile away. You know, you know the people I'm talking about. You can spot their, their cologne from, from a distance. But people put this perfume on because they like to smell nice. And friends, when we think about the mercy of God, this is what Jesus is saying, that the mercy of God ought to be the aroma of our lives. That when people see us, they don't see someone who is religious. Someone who is self-righteous, someone who thinks they're better than everybody else because they go to church or because they read the Bible or pray. When people see us, the aroma that they see, what we give off ought to be the mercy of God, that we are beneficiaries of his mercy towards us, that we have humbly received what we do not deserve, we've been forgiven, God withholds what we do deserve, he withholds the judgment that we ought to receive for our sin And humbly we receive his grace and his mercy. And as as humble beneficiaries of that, that's what flows out of us. That we want to show other people this mercy, this love, this grace. That when people look at us, that's what they see. That they don't see a Pharisee. But they see someone who's been saved by the grace and the mercy of God in Christ. And that's what they see flow out of us. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. You know, friends, may that that mercy be the aroma of our lives. That people, when they see us, they see the mercy of God. And, friends, that is because Jesus came to save sinners. Jesus came to save sinners. That's why he came. At the end of verse 13, it says, For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. You know, Jesus came to save. You know, the verse uh, John 3, 6, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. But the next verse is so good as well, because it says that Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus didn't come to condemn Yes, that will come. Judgment will come. Christ will return and we will all stand before him and be judged and either we'll stand self-righteously like the Pharisees trusting in our own goodness and will be judged or we stand humbly covered by the blood of Christ, by his mercy and forgiveness. Judgment will come, but friends, today is the day of salvation. It's not the day of judgment You know, Jesus gives an illustration in Luke's gospel of another tax collector and another Pharisee. In this passage, we've got Matthew, the tax collector, and we've got these Pharisees that come and ask questions. Jesus tells a parable in Luke uh, chapter 18 of a Pharisee and a tax collector that go to the temple to pray. And the Pharisee stands and prays and says, "You know, Lord, thank you so much that I'm not like that guy over there. You know, I, give, I tithe, I give 10% of everything, I do this and that, and you know, thank you that I'm so wonderful. And the tax collector simply looks at the ground and says, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus says, that's the guy that goes home justified. You know, Jesus came to save sinners, receive this amazing gift, and to share this amazing gift with people who, who so desperately need it. You know, Jesus came to, to save sinners. Um, friends, may we, may we live in light of that truth. May we not be self-righteous. May we not be trying to put on a religion. You know, none of us here are deserving, but we all come as beneficiaries of his grace. When we think about a mother-child relationship, you know, Scripture has many examples of that relationship between a parent and a child as symbolic of the relationship God has with His people. You know, as as parents, we love our children. We love them so much. A, A colleague of mine, when I shared an office a number of years ago, said to me that Andrew, when you know, with your own children, you start to understand how much your parents loved you. You know, when you have your own children, you just love them so much. You start to realise that's how much my parents loved me. You know, it's an unconditional. The ch- they don't—they don't deserve it. They don't earn it. I'm sure they'll never repay it. And like with God, with us, you know, we're the same. We're beneficiaries of his love for us, like a parent and a child. Later in Matthew's Gospel, in chapter 23, he describes himself when, when Jesus laments over Jerusalem. You know, he sees their rejection of him, the people of Israel, and he says, "Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You know how I longed like a mother hen to gather her chicks under her wings. And yet you wants to gather these chicks under her wings to protect them, to nurture them, to be near to them. And this is the picture that God has with his people. This love of a parent and a child is the love that God has for us. And, friends, today is the day of salvation. That we can come in and receive this gift. That we can pursue this mercy, not just religion, not just sacrifice. Because we know that Jesus has come to save sinners. You know, friends, when we think about Mother's Day. And we think about our own parents, perhaps we think about our own children. Now, for some of us, it's a it's a time of sadness for, for various reasons. But we can think about the love that we have from God. You know, and sometimes a parent's love is tough love. You know, sometimes we do discipline our children, and it's out of love. You know, sometimes it's a message we don't want to hear. No one wants to hear that they're a sinner, and yet they need to. It's out of love that we share. The message of the gospel that we tell people of their need that like us that they too have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god and yet god's mercy is available to them in jesus christ you know, and we can think about god as a, as a parent that does not disappoint and a love that is so much greater than any love that we have or that we have received you know may we think about when we think about mother's day may we think about a gift greater than any mother's day gift both to give And to receive. Dear friends, may you pursue mercy and not religion because Jesus came to save sinners. Let us pray. Almighty God, wonderful Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for the love that you've shown to us through your Son. And Lord, may we lift our eyes to Jesus. Lord, and as we think about what it means to be beneficiaries of your mercy, may it fill our hearts with gratitude and may it overflow in our lives that like Matthew, that we would go and we would find those we know who need to know. Lord, that through our lives that we would be channels of your mercy, that it would be the fragrance of our lives, the aroma that comes from us, that all those who see us as your ambassadors would see the mercy of God Lord, that they would see your love in Christ. Lord, may we look to you as our great saviour and as a gift of your grace that is greater than any other gift we might give or receive. Lord, we thank you for your mercy. Lord, may we receive it. May we share it. And may we forever be moved to worship because of it. Lord, we pray this all in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.